there's a girl for you. What kind of a girl? Brains. You can buy beautiful women a dime a dozen. She's got up here. So buy. What? Headache. Miss Rich, my secretary, Miss Prescott. I know Miss Rich, if you remember. One, two, three, four, hit it. That's what dance choreographers say to people, and that's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Bernard, how are you? I'm all right, Deirdre. How are you, my darling? I'm all right. Missed you, though. Yeah, I've missed you, too. It feels like it's been ages. I know. I've had to hug my pillow at night instead of talking to you. Did you Did you say hug? Uh, it was prison slang. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. It wasn't hump. <laughs> It's just that you have those angel eyes. I know they're they're sparkling, aren't they? Just just like a, 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 a synchronized dancer in a pool, they they swim. <laughs> you are seriously my love and my life. I know, I know. I'm 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 on fleek. I'm on point. I'm I'm just rocking it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what's new? Uh, tell people about Carrie. I mean... Oh, my God. Thanks for the plug, Smokey. That was completely unrehearsed as well. I know. But, yeah, and, uh, I mean, I, I'm... I, here, look, I'll admit, I'm only halfway through, because it's a, it's well, a, it's a long one. That means you've been listening for four, four years, then. Yeah. But <laughs> you just happened to time it at the same time that the new Iron Maiden album came out, so I've been kind of focused on that a little bit more. Yeah, well, it's... um. I think we can safely say that all music fans have been very happy this week, haven't we? We've all had some good news. We have. Yeah. We'll come back okay. on to that in just a little okay. moment. <laughs> <laughs> knowing me and knowing you, Smokey, I think um, we'll definitely back on to Does your mother know that you run to the hills? Uh, well, if I have to run to the hills, we will get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't shut me down. Okay, hang on a second. We've um, yeah. uh, No, but the number of the beast. Okay. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, honey, honey. <laughs> no, congratulations, my friend. It's wonderful. Thank you very much. It's um, it's been a labour of love. Yeah, I finished the first <laughs> the first carry episode. It took me ten months to write, and it came out last uh, September. The second one is uh, it's taken me a whole year, and honestly, I don't think there's been a single day in that past year where I haven't been working on it. Six or seven hours. Mm. So uh, it's finally, finally, finally finished. I released the whole thing to patron the Patreons um, like two weeks ago, I think. And since then, I've felt an odd sense of... Uh, what's the word? You know when you're set adrift? Sure. Uh, well, obviously you don't because you're not a sailor. Hey! But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all sailors at heart. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like being suddenly um, homeless. And and you're wandering around going, oh, where do I belong? Because I'm not writing or editing or, or, or uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> even in my downtime when I'm making these Secret History of Hollywood episodes, mm. um, I'm listening to music and deciding where this kind of music would fit into a certain piece or sure. trying out. I, <laughs> I remember sitting in the pub a couple of weeks ago and I was sat there for eight hours trying to find a single piece of music that would fit the end. Wow. Of, um yeah, the episode. And finally, so much gin. It. Yeah, I mean, oh god, it's a hard life, Smokey. <laughs> it's a hard life. You sit in the pub on a beautiful was... sunny day, listening to music, going, no, no, no. Yep. <laughs> was uh, Was Nigel Havers there? Nigel Havers drinks in my pub. It's very he cool. Does. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's he's awesome. Never isn't such it? a nice man. <laughs> Love that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's he's a lovely guy. But yes, thank you very much. Carry part two. It's almost sixteen hours long. The whole episode, I think, is fifteen hours fifty-two minutes or something. And uh, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's ridiculous. It's so big, in fact, that I've decided not to release it as one episode. I'm going to release yeah. it two volumes. I'm going to release the first one in a few days, and I'm going to release the second one a week after because I just think you know people people are not going to be very happy with me if I only dump a two gigabyte file on them. So um, then, yeah. I was—I was chuffed. It, it nearly made my phone explode, so it, it was fine. <laughs> You're a two gigabyte kind of guy, though, aren't you? Well, that's that's what all the ladies say. That's, it. that's what they say on the street corners to each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it was very. How dare you? It was very. It was very self-serving of me, though, because uh, it was just to also flag up that my my other show, Rated H, we hit our fiftieth episode. And, um, well, congratulations on that as well, Smokey. I mean, you really are a super trooper. Both you and Ben are incredible when it comes to that kind of thing. You're you're in there, out there, doing it. And thank you for the music. I mean, podcast. <laughs> You've just been looking up ABBA titles that entire time, haven't you? No. I can see your eyes working. <laughs> have you got ABBA song titles up on your computer? You have. As I well, have not. You? Don't know what you're talking oh. about. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm no, doing, all, all I'm doing, is making a podcast the way old friends do. Okay, that's absolutely right, and we are old friends, and it's and it's absolutely lovely. But yeah, no, we we we're both we're both riding the crest of a wave at the moment. And speaking of which, my friend, we ha- we we need to talk about the monumental thing of uh, Anguilla. <laughs> yes, we do. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, is it definitely pronounced Anguilla? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I had to, I had to Google it to find out where the fuck it was. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> you know, profess my ignorance here and say I don't know if it's pronounced Anguilla or Ang- Anguilla or Anguilla or something. I, I I don't know. I'm only guessing. I know, but yeah, what a thrill! That's all I can say. When you sent me that text message, yeah. So amazing. Yeah, for the, for the uninitiated or the the unbeknownst, uh, yeah, we're we're riding high in Anguilla or Anguilla or wherever it is. Um, uh, apart from that, um, what's it called? Love and crime thing that's out at the moment with John Hamm, which is which is number one everywhere around the world. We were number two, and Attaboy Clarence was number three. There you go. Just goes to prove taste will out. They've got amazing taste. It's uh, it's John Hamm, then it's you and me. I mean, Smoky Ham. I'm getting the connection. Yes. I don't go where I fit. So Ham. Smoked ham and roach is a fish, so smoked ham with a fish. Genius. There you go. Genius. Did you write for a living? But, uh, well, you know, but there you go. But no, but thank you to everyone over there. I mean, I don't know who they are because they haven't been in touch, but if if you want to get in touch, please do. Thank you. There's only one of you, so please do it. Yeah, you say that, but it's been a week now, uh-huh. and we're still in the top. We're still in the top ten. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm very thrilled to. I'm. I'm very interested to know why it's happened mm. as well as who mm. me too yeah do you know who's just above us now one spot above us um is it fernando chiquitita dear god no think of a film critic mm, mark camode no a good one ben taylorson a, a, a slightly worse one than that. <laughs> oh, I could offend i could offend literally every single one of our friend groups <laughs> 
You really could. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm just going to say it's Leonard Maltin. He's just above us. Oh, okay. It's between us and Leonard at the moment. Oh, oh, Len, stand down, would you? Yes, yeah. Come on, you've had you've had your time. Yeah, hack. <laughs> yeah, hack. Let the let, let the the young pups come in. <laughs> SOS, Leonard. Come on, sit down. Oh, for f- <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but no, I've just I look. I know you laugh at me all the time because I, I I have a thing set up that gives us alerts when we chat in anywhere around the world, or we get a review anywhere around the world, and you do laugh at me. Um, but I saw this and I had to tell you, and I had to tell everyone else on our Twitter as well because I thought it was just beautiful. I just love the, the fact you know every now and then I'm, I'm laying in bed, I'm like falling asleep, and I say, eh, eh. I look, oh. I look, we're number 175 in, you know, Texas or something. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> but as I as I said to you the other night, right, you may you may jest, but it does make you smile. It does, yeah, 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 it yeah. Does. And that, and isn't that what makes them meant to do? When all is said and done. It does make me smile, yeah. Are, are you going to do this throughout the entire show? Do what? ABBA songs. <laughs> you know what you're doing, mister. <laughs> Not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, mm. uh, any correspondence this week, Smokey? Oh, I think we may have a couple, my friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds ominous. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> oh, I have no, I've had no prior warning nope. either. So I hope these are nice. They are very nice. Okay, here we go. Okay, as long as, as long as they're not too light. Yes. Filthy. Yeah. You know. Okay. Just the, just just gushing or anything. I, it's like, I, no. How do I put this without spoiling them? Um, the writers of said emails um, have taken into account previous correspondence oh. and have and have written accordingly. Oh dear. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We don't want you tearing your eyes out like you did last time. Go on then. Lay so, lay all your love on me. Go on. Okay. Well, this is our mutual friend and previous uh, guest on all the best lines. Our wonderful Croatian friend, Stacy. Ah, cool. Yeah. Hello. She's not Croatian, by the way. What? What is she? She's from Ang. She's from Anguilla. Oh, oh, is that is that where we've got it from? Oh, thank you, Stacey. That's very well, much. Appreciated. I don't know if she is, but she definitely had the accent for it. She did. That's she it. did. Up the rebels. Um, <laughs> up the rebels, do. <clears throat> up the rebels. Um, so Stacey says. So listen to this, Adam. Okay. She says, "Dear Smokey and Adam, that's us." She says. <laughs> Since you get some... It's it's definitely one of us. (laughs) Since you get some... Do you want me to do it in the accent or not? Uh, You know. What? The Stacey accent? Yeah. Oh, please do. Okay. (laughs) Dear Smokey and Adam. Oh, Stacey. (laughs) Will you ever write again? (laughs) Continue, sir. Okay. Since you get some very strange emails... (laughs) <laughs> this is genius. Please continue. I'm defi- No, I can't do it. I oh, please. It. Right, so she- no, no, I can't. My eyes are watering already. I can't. Do it. Come on, I still right, have so faith says- in you, Smokey. Come on. <laughs> no, she says, she says. Since you get some very strange emails, mm. I thought I'd join in. They, the, this won't be as operatic as Victoria's, but I'll try my best. Okay. My steadfast friend, Smokey. That's me. 
You keep those walls up. All the best people are here on your side of the wall anyway. As someone who has gotten to know you, I think you are a fun, loving guy who has lots of great friends around him. She's right. I do. Um, here we go. Adam, you're a dick. I still haven't forgiven you for a portrait of Jenny or whatever the fuck it was called. Anyway, great show, guys. All the best, Stacey. Lovely. Lovely. Well, it's a good job I'm editing this one. I'm going to add, re-edit our names. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, okay. Well, no. Like I did I last time. I portrait of Jenny. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Adam, you're a dick. I'm a dick. It, it, it just, it trips. Yeah, yeah. Still haven't forgiven you for a portrait of Jenny. There you go. Anyway, so that was email number one. It was very brief, but thank you, Stacey. We do appreciate it, no matter what Adam says. <laughs> well, Smokey does, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Who can <laughs> <laughs> Right. But now we... Why did it have to be me, Smokey? I don't understand. Well, because you chose the film. <laughs> Go on. That's why. Look, I tell you what, we'll we'll have we'll have we'll have Stacy on again, and you just pick a good film. Uh huh. It's not difficult. <clears throat> you pick you pick great films, mate. <laughs> Except then, are you all right? Very well. <laughs> Continue. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> okay. Um. By the way, um, the person who I'm about to reference, um, in the in the subject heading for the email. They put the word klaxon in um, uh, with asterisks next to it, and I I think that's that's how to go on uh, how to go from now on is that people email us and they just put a noise in the subject header like a wooga or or just you know something just 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 to get my attention. I like that. I'll bring I'll bring an air horn to our Skype call. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, <laughs> wonderful. Please do. Um, so, not only is this uh, one of our mutual friends, but this is also the person who suggested uh, today's, well, actor, and you picked the film. But this is from Nick Vickery Brown. Ah, all right. Nickery Vickery Brown. That's right. The mouse ran up the clock. <laughs> so, here we go. Dearest, dearest Smokey and Adam, in no particular alphabetical order, she says. Oh, go on now. <laughs> she says... <laughs> I've been meaning to get in touch for a while, and I can and can I start by telling you how thrilled I am that you are at last received a trickle, nay torrent of emails of late, even if some appear to be a of a fifty shades of something <laughs> type. <laughs> I think where she is referencing. Anyway. I therefore will not add to your embarrassment, but simply write to say that your combination of knowledge, enthusiasm, Ability to down alcohol and a laugh as memorable as memorable as the late Sid James leads to a marvelous bit of entertainment. You do have a Sid James laugh. That's very true. I think she's talking about you. Um, but no, ah, but then she then says, "I will leave you two to decide which of these superpowers you claim as your own." Smokey has a Sid James laugh. Well, he's Sid James laugh man. I am. That's basically his superhero name. It's fine. I can. I can. I can live with that. Sid James laugh man. Uh, she continues. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine by me, mate. That's fine. You'd be such a great X Men. Would I really? Oh, Sid that's James sweet. That's sweet. Just deals with any situation with. Ah, ah, ah. But <laughs> every time I laugh, it makes someone's head explode. No. Oh. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you shot no, that down quickly. You're just very good at the Sid James laugh. That's all. <laughs> 
there you go. That's it. There's no there's no power in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. You just have the right wavelength. It's a mute. It's a mutant power. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, look, I'll take it as a compliment. That's fine. Um, okay, I will. Uh, Nick continues. Uh, you cannot imagine my utter surprise and delight at hearing that you have chosen to feature my suggested actor, the magnificent Jimmy Cagney, for your next dive into classic ho- Hollywood movies. Mm. Adam, you sir have cho- chosen well, and Smokey, and Smokey, well, Smokey, just be kind. You may even surprise yourself by being won over by Busby Berkeley's epic eye-popping extravaganza, though you might struggle with the cat number. Yes, Smokey, there is a cat. That's a great number as well. Anyway, mm. yeah, mm, we'll get there. Anyway, I thought I would keep it short and sweet, just so you don't run to a three-hour podcast, what with all the correspondence you will have to read out. Oh, we're so popular. Thank you. She says, oh, and I had to remove, (laughs) oh, and I had to remove the heaps of smut I put in at first. Heaps. Remember heaps? (laughs) I do indeed. Yeah. Uh, Nick continues, I so look forward to the next installment of All the Best Lines, as I do to the epic selection of delights you send to my ears while I'm at work. Shall I mention them? Well, it would be churlish not to, and it gives you a good excuse to remind everyone. So, deep breath. Attaboy Clarence, The Secret History of Hollywood, Rated H, excellent work, Ben. And, of course, The House of Hammer. Again, good work, Ben. And Epic Kev. I like that. Epic Kev. I like that. Mm. Yeah, Kev deserves that. Um, yes, he's a, he deserves it. She concludes with, apologies if you have started a podcast on the secret history of... <laughs> right, I'm going to have to read this slowly. Apologies if you have started a podcast on the secret history of X-rated Hammer films featuring hats and cats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if anyone should come on and talk about hats, it should be Nick. Yeah, probably. Because every time we've had a meetup and she's turned up, she's worn the most fabulous hat. Oh, really? She actually came to my house for dinner. Oh, wonderful. Last year. Yeah, our, our last summer she came. Mamma mia. Oh, excellent. And she had a nice roast dinner with her husband. It was very pleasant. We went out in her classic car afterwards. We're good pals, and I believe we're gonna we're gonna hook up again soon and have a Sunday. Oh, wonderful! Sunday. I, Nick is an Nick is an absolute sweetheart. I have some of her artwork as well, and uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. My favourite mug is a is a Nick Vickery Brown mug mm. that has a rabbit on the side. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. I would advise anyone who wants some fine china mm. sup from to uh, visit her shop. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, I agree. Um, and it's at uh, uh, nickvickeryanimalartist.com. Uh, so there we go. But uh, her email is not done yet, my friend. Okay, sorry. Um, she says, uh, Smokey, be kind, or Adam and myself will never speak to you again. And no, that's not a promise, it's a threat. Okay. I know. She says, lots of love and hugs. In a totally non-pervy kind of way, oh, Nick. Well, then they're unaccepted. And there's a PS, my friend, and this is for you. Okay. She doesn't address it to you, but I know it's for you because you said it in the last episode. Go on. It was PS, don't call me Nicky, oh. which you did. Did I? Yes. I called her Nickery Vickery Brown. I yeah, don't. I didn't call her. No, no. When uh, it, I announced to you that Jimmy Cagney was the choice, you just went, oh, Nicky, Nicky, Nicky. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't do that again, mate. <laughs> don't apologise to me. Apologise to Nick. No, that was to her. Yeah, it wasn't to you. You can screw yourself. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. I'm joking. But anyway, thank you, Nick. We really yeah, we love you, Nick. That. Thank you. You, you, Nick is actually one of. I think Nick 
is is a very 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 long time sort of listener friend person and um we've met a few times and she's a good friend of mine and i adore her very much i i haven't had the pleasure yet and i'm really looking she's forward wonderful. to doing so to to writing that wrong love her to bits she's uh she's a good pal we give each other piggybacks around fields and things but such good friends oh yep that's so sweet oh you know it's the name of the game Smokey. it's the name of the game i i know i know you only gave me one piggyback and then you dropped me that was harsh that wasn't no accident i don't i don't don't know what i did to deserve that (laughs) i know anyway we're here to talk about a film. Okay, cool. We're not going to talk about um, the state of music at the moment. Okay, let's do that first then. And ha- let's get out of the way. Well, I mean, I just think it's worth mentioning the fact that me and Smokey okay. have both been very happy this week, I think. because We um, have. Our favourite respected bands have decided to come out of the woodwork. Mm. Don't you think it's just been a bit of a magical week in terms of uh, making people happy? and Absolutely. Sort of the resurrection of... Of lost loves, it's been a... I I I can't disagree, my friend. I mean, um, I I know I, I made jokes about it and whatnot about um uh, uh see this is actually uh, it's very fortuitous because of the the type of film we're about to be uh, reviewing, mm-hmm. um because people think I hate musicals. You do, and I don't hate musicals. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. No, 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 no. We'll don't. get. We'll, we'll. Yes, you do. Let me finish, Mister. So we, I don't hate musicals, but we will get onto that. You do. We'll be, fuck. <laughs> You bleep that out, you. <laughs> Shan't. <laughs> I'm joking. It's a family Sorry, show. Um, <laughs> was no, I don't. I don't. Here, look, right. But my worldview is that anything that gives anyone pleasure uh, that's morally correct. You know, don't get me wrong. If you like genocide, I don't agree with that. But if you know something morally correct gives someone pleasure, brilliant. Do it. If Abba gives you pleasure. Bring it on! If Maiden gives me pleasure, bring it on! It's wonderful. This is this whole world is a beautiful melting pot, and it should be. Unfortunately, some people don't like that. They like shooting people in the head and thinking, "Yeah, that's fun." And it's like, no, it shouldn't be. So, but no. If you want to listen to ABBA, and they've finally come out and they've done this uh, weird motion capture thing that they've done, if that gives you pleasure, wonderful. Do it. But my band, Maiden, they've come out with their first album in six years. And it's an absolute f***ing stomper, and it's wonderful, and I've been skipping my way to work every night listening to it, and it, uh, as I said, unfortunately, it interrupted my listening of Carrie, but, you know, they've been with me since I was nine years old, eight years old, you know. So it's, it's Carrie. It's, yeah, it's a bit, well, that's true. <laughs> Carrie part two. But it's, but, but no, mate, no, no, look, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. It makes us smile, it makes us happy. Why wouldn't I be happy that you're happy? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't mean to jump in with this thing. I just wanted to quickly acknowledge. Yeah, the fact. you did. No, no. Well, um, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, right? I heard about the whole uh, ABBA were coming back thing and the hologram tour and everything. I, this is not news. This is like this. They announced this in 2016. I mean, it's been going around the ether for like five years now, and all of a sudden they they came out and officially did this, you know, announcement mm-hmm. thing last week. And yeah. I, ABBA mean the world to me. I mean, they were the soundtrack to my parents' divorce. So when I was eight years old, all I remember is that my mum used to listen to one of us on a loop. And we would and we would watch her crying, you know, and my dad was no oh, longer dude. there. No, it, I'm, I'm not, like, looking for sympathy. I'm just saying it's one of those, things, one of those things when it touches it? you yeah. when you're young, it's formative, you know. And, and my mum was a huge fan of ABBA, and we used to listen to all these ABBA songs and everything. And then later on, when I was in my teens... 
um, when reconnected with my dad and everything, it was he 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 explained to me because he's a musician, the genius of Abba's songwriting and everything. And I was like, yeah, you know, actually, they're really good songwriters. And I became obsessed with them oh, yeah. when I was a, a teenager. Um, so mm-hmm. they've been a huge part of my life. That's wonderful. And I never ever thought they would ever reform because obviously they're two couples who were couples before they became a band and then you know divorced and you know went their separate ways and. <laughs> You know, there's a whole history there. <laughs> you don't need me to explain it. So, someone went, have you seen this big wall of money? This could be yours as long as you forget that you don't hate each other. <laughs> That's right? not true. So they got offered here's a, a wall of money. They got offered a billion pounds 10 years ago. I know they did. A billion pounds to reform yes. for a tour yes. and turn it down. They're not interested yes. in money. They're, they're like hundreds of millions millionaires. It's like it's not, it's not even funny. But, um, I love the fact that they've um, they've come out now and they've they've done this thing, and when they did the announcement, I was watching it with my daughter Matilda, and we were watching the live stream thing, and we, we heard the new song, we saw the app. Oh wow, you are a super fan! Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I was there on the dot. You know, five wow. minutes before getting all hyped up. Um, we watched the live stream with my daughter Matilda, and we were watching this thing, and we saw heard the new song. We were like, oh my god, it's amazing! And we saw the avatars and everything, and and Benny and Bjorn came on, did their interview and everything. And um, I was so excited. And all I could see up the mm. side of the screen during the live stream was all these people who were similarly excited, going, oh, this is making my day, and I'm so happy. Yeah, well, Isn't it lovely. nice to have something to be happy about? Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was I made the mistake of going onto Twitter. <laughs> oh, dear. And um, just, just looked at the Abba Voyage hashtag, yeah. and I think probably 75% of the comments that came out just in the in the wake of the announcement were calling people who like ABBA or who were excited about being happy again mm. you know just horrible names and I know it's nasty I, it? I did I did think to myself oh come on guys you know do I can't you know I don't understand why you can't just let people happy and I did I put a message out on social media and you did. I, basically I put you know I'm so happy that ABBA are back and I'm so happy that the music come out and it's really good and everything but then I saw all these hashtags and uh, all these messages and all these all this Mm. vile stuff spewing out to all these kids and everyone else who who were all really happy. Yeah. And I put a message out on social media on Twitter twi- Twitter. No, I wasn't like nasty or anything. I just said, you know, why can't you let people be happy? I I you know, I make a point of not stomping on what other people like and, Too right, mate. Um well done you. Um I you know, good luck to you. Whatever you think is, is fine yeah. with me but let other people be happy or something. And I had a, a, an instant influx of messages from people, <laughs> including like you and and Nick, actually. She sent me a message and others who were saying, oh, I hope didn't offend you because I wasn't inside of Abba. I was like, no, 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 not at all. Look, so right. I just wanted to quickly say, you know, it wasn't anyone um, in my personal circle. It was just, I, I saw a lot of vile, like, you know, names being called to people who were excited about the fact that Abba were back. And I was just like, you know, you can go screw yourselves anyway sorry go on no no i just i just wanted to quickly interject and i i literally had to quickly interject because two things one i talk a lot no 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 mate no that's that's not the thing one is that you you're saying you're a super fan and you were there on the dot on the live stream to to watch the abba uh, thing right yeah, yeah um in in less than 60 seconds time Hang on, let me just check the time properly. Yeah, in less than 60 seconds time, the new Iron Maiden video is debuting online, right? Really? But I'm not going, yeah, but I'm not going to watch it. I'm sat here with my mate, and that's what I want to do, right? No matter how much I love my favourite band in the entire world, I'm here sat with my mate. Secondly, Smokey, why is your screen frozen? 
<laughs> You've gone. Where's he gone? <laughs> God, even his smoke is frozen. <laughs> I know. If the, the smoke gave me away. If I, I just, I, oh, damn it. I need to put the cigarette out of shot. No, um, and secondly, right, I've always said this, is that Abbott make perfectly constructed uh, pop music, right? It's beautiful. I mean, it's it's for it, it's it's so happy, and it's for the masses, and it makes people happy, and I love that. Wonderful. Do it. Enjoy it. I will never ever mock anyone for loving it because it makes them happy. However, it's not for me, right? Okay, it's just not my thing, mm-hmm. right? So, right. So yeah. So fine. the the new Maiden album came out last week. And I'm waiting to hear to tomorrow to see if it actually got to the top of the UK charts. There's a bit of a battle between Maiden and Drake, whoever the f*** he is. I, don't, I have no idea. If Drake makes you happy, people, be happy. But I have no idea who the man is. Isn't he Isn't he the man that fought the Armada or something? Oh, I, I, uh, uh, Waterloo? My turn! <laughs> Tell you what, if it wasn't for the night smoothie... You'd have, uh, you had a good one. Well, thank you. I know. <laughs> it was worth a try. I, 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 I was trying to ingratiate myself in your in your field. But, um, yeah. But, um, but no, I, I get it. I do. I, I understand. But maidenism for you, I get that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I just think, I just think uh, anyone who would take time out of their lives to go online and, and, and call someone else... <clears throat> Mentally, mentally challenged because um, no, no, they're, no, 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 they're no. excited because a band has reformed after no. 40 years and they just were like, oh, great, we've got nice new songs from them or I can go and see an event next year. I just think you're lacking in your basic humanity. It's, it's just like, please don't do that to people. Fair enough. I, I, and I agree with that. But but you are of a sound mind and a right mind of that you could listen to a Maiden song that's popular and go, well, that's a really well-constructed rock song. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just not for me. Yeah. You know, you have that disconnect as well. I mean, I do like certain Iron Maiden songs. I must yeah. admit, the whole catalogue isn't for me. But, mm. um, I mean, I like Run to the Hills and I like, you know... Others I've heard, I can't name a, I can't name. Them, so no, it's fair. I won't try. Don't worry. I mean, this it's isn't, all right. this isn't it's the right. Abba game. I mean, I have a dream oh, of it being the Abba game. Oh, but, oh, but, anyways, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I would never yeah. tell you that you're, um, you know, somewhat lacking in mental development because because you like that kind of music. And I just think um, people should leave. You know, I don't think I don't think we need. I don't think anyone needs to hear an external opinion about why. They're wrong. They're wrong or right for li- for liking something. I I posted something a week or two ago. I think I mentioned it on Rated H as well, which is that um, someone was uh, savagely attacking uh, Kevin Smith, who I know you're not a fan of. However, his films bring a lot of people a lot of joy, and I would not jump onto Twitter to attack someone who I don't like. There are plenty of directors I don't like. There are plenty of actors I don't like. But you know what? I keep it to my f***ing self. Or I tell it to people in person, but I certainly don't put it on social media. Because because why would I? If you're using social media, everyone out there listening, if you are on social media, use it for positives, right? That is why you you look at at my Facebook, you look at my uh, Twitter, it's all positive because that's what it should be. There's enough f***ing hate in this world that it, it needs to friggin' do one and just let's let's just all be nice to each other. 
How about that? It just doesn't add to anything by bringing no. someone else down. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> what, have you, what do you achieve? You don't achieve anything, mate. You have no idea why that person is lit up by a certain thing or or the the life experience that's brought them to that kind of decision. So Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. uh, off the soapbox, I do apologise. I just wanted to quickly say, no, isn't it fantastic? No, it needed to be addressed. Isn't it fantastic, Smokey, that Maiden are back after six years and Abra are back after 40 years. Wonderful. And it's made us both so happy in the yes. past week. Yes, and my friend. I've got my tickets for Abba Voyage next year. You I've do. got my album pre-ordered. I've, I Congratulations. love the songs. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're going to rush off after this is finished recording and see your video and be very excited about it. <laughs> I will. Isn't he? I will. And also, I, I, I had to I had to uh, have this next to me. Um, just uh, uh, Sorry, listeners, but this is for the benefit of Adam. I mean, I know it's not your thing, but I mean, look at that. Isn't that just gorgeous? It is. What is that, a sock? Covered in your semen? No. That's oh, why did you have to sully it? Why we were doing so well? I was showing Adam the new Iron Maiden album in a, in a book form, and it's just beautiful. in a book form. Yeah, is look, that what? Why is it, it in a book form? I don't know. Look at it. Isn't it gorgeous? No, I mean it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Is there a book and a CD or? Um, it? It's it's mainly it's it's mainly artwork. Uh, it, it it's a um an Asian uh, based album, and it's uh, it's got a lot of artwork and the lyrics is pr- very pretty. I'll show you uh, when we when we hang up. But um, yeah, it's just it's just beautiful, and it and it plopped through my door on Saturday morning, and I was just the happiest man ever to have something plop through their door. So yeah, it was just yeah, and and I've been, I've been listening to it ever since, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful time. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's just one. Anyway, let's get off this. Uh, we're here to talk about a film. Yes, we are. Um, um, the Public Enemy from 1931, James Cagney, directed by William Wellman. Oh, and... what? <laughs> I watched the wrong film. <laughs> what did you watch? <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> Don't do what, do you? Come on. Mm-hmm. This is a great film, though, isn't it? I mean... A, a, a Public Enemy is a wonderful film. It's, it's not the film we're talking about, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you All right, 1993, Parade. Yes. <laughs> I, well, we had to get round to a musical eventually. The we? look of horror on his face. Yeah, of course it's a footlight parade. You bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of bleeping out in this episode. <laughs> it's my favourite musical ever. Okay. Why? Tell me. For, well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in your camp slightly when it comes to musicals. Like, I don't like films where uh, it's nothing but singing. I like like a songbook musical, you know, where you have a story and every now and then they break into a song. And I think Footlight Parade does that very well. It's just, um, it has a good framing device. You know, James Cagney is a, a theatrical promoter and he's come up with this radical idea because cinema talking pictures have come in and they are cutting into his uh, business. So he um, forms this idea of providing musical, <laughs> musical theatre prologues for... Um, films basically that tour that's a bit odd that uh, I mean I mean it's uh, as a, as a business strategy <laughs> I mean to us these days it's just like what but I mean to you know in those days when everyone was still sort of planting flags I guess you could have got away with it I mean I, I don't really understand yeah. but basically uh, James Cagney plays a guy called Chester Kent and he's a musical producer mm. 
And he comes up with these ideas of, you know, if we can't beat talking pictures, then why don't we join forces with them? So what we'll do is we'll produce uh, musical prologues, which is basically, uh, you know, like a stage show that can go on before movies play. Oh, the same scenery, same costumes. Put them on once and they stay put on. But we've only got four theaters. Play them all over Chicago, all over the country. Exhibitors everywhere. We tickle pink to get ready-made prologues. How do you know? It's a cinch, because you can give them swell prologues cheaper than they can put them on themselves. And why? Because you're in the chain store business. Hi, he's right. So he produces these... <laughs> I mean, it has to be said... <laughs> quite unbelievable in scale um mm. musical numbers mm -hmm. uh featuring his his uh troupe mm. which features the likes of Ruby Keeler, Dick Powell, Jim Blondell mm -hmm. and himself mm -hmm. at some point. And the whole story is basically about him trying to get these musical prologues sold to uh, a wealthy investor uh, while also stopping an insidious rival company from stealing his ideas. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the very basic, that's the log line. I, we, we like basic around here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mm. stick with I mean, basic. I mean, as stories go, it, it, it's, it's very basic. I mean, there's love, there's like love elements to it. You know, there's romances happening. There's like a, you know, a, a devious, you know, a female femme fatale character. There's, you know, there's oddballs. Oh, it but, ticks all the boxes. Yeah, but they, I mean, that's yeah. the basic thread that runs through it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, that's the way I've got to look at it, really, is that it does stick all the boxes. In that, that okay, yes, it is a musical, and we'll come on to that in just a moment. But, yeah, but, and it's not a traditional musical. No, no, okay, we'll come on to that as well. But you, you do have the basic, you know, um, someone has a problem, they need to solve it. They come up with an idea, they try it, everyone is kind of dismissive of it, but it eventually triumphs. That's That's good, that's a good narrative, that's a good flow, I like that. The cast is is wonderful. I mean, Jimmy Cagney is is, is amazing. I mean, he, he's on he, fire. In this. He he's really just... is. And 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 Joan Blondell, my be still my beating heart. I am in love with that woman so much. <laughs> Mate. She is hard not to love, isn't she? I mean, oh. especially in films like this. I mean, thirty like the early early half of the thirties. There's no one in the world like Joan mm -mm. Blondell. Mm -mm, She's mm -mm, just. Mm -mm incandescent isn't she just yeah oh uh, uh let me ask um joan blondell or sally gray oh my goodness me well i mean if you're talking gush of the week it has to be joan blondell because she's in this oh, film dear me. but all-timer oh, well of course make me do it I mean, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I'll, you, I'll answer you at the end <laughs> <laughs> adam just broke below the waist okay fair enough fair enough um but but the cast is great who, who was the other uh, uh uh female you you mentioned there um ruby keeler thank you she was brilliant yeah she's fantastic in this she's she's the like secretary type girl who flowers and becomes a star during the whole thing. i mean but that but that personally for me that was the the best journey of the film to watch mm. her become this to sorry to start as this kind of diminutive mouse and then to uh, to sort of go up and and then start bucking against the system and then suddenly becoming this dancing queen amazing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but mm. actually yeah no, do you know what i'm not going to dismiss you for that one it, it, it fits <laughs> it, she did and it and it and that was that was excellent yeah um so i mean right here we go so mm. musicals aren't for me mm. Because 
I don't like being told when to be happy. Okay. And mus and musicals tell you when to be happy. Okay. It's 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 just like Christmas. I I'm being told to be happy at Christmas time. So it's just basically that you're a contrarian. No, 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 no. I I like having my own mind and I can be happy when I want to be is my choice. So but but to be instructed to to be so frustrates me and that's why musicals bug me. I, 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 right, again, I'm going to re-emphasize the point. I do not hate musicals. I just don't get them because they aren't for me, right? There is this thing. I, I watched this film and don't get me wrong, this is not a bad film. It's spectacular. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. I still didn't like it. There's a massive difference, right, between appreciating a thing of beauty, which this is, and liking it. Did I enjoy it? Mm. Parts of it. Did I hate it? No, 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 not at all. Would I watch it again? Yeah, I probably would, actually. I'd mm -hmm. probably give it another go. I've already watched it twice, but I, I, I did actually give it another <laughs> watch. I had to. but Because um, I've just forgotten. My memory's terrible. But but there's just something... There's something about musicals that just doesn't sit right for me. And unfortunately, this was one of them. But, I mean, I've seen plenty of other musicals as well. I've seen Singing in the Rain, and I've seen, I've seen some of the... Um, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers stuff, and it's it, that's fine. But no, it just this. It's like a little part of the back of my brain just going no. It's just it's like a ice pick. It's just it's, it's not for you, and and I can't stop that. It's my own fault. It's fair enough. I, I mean, <clears throat> if you removed the musical element from this film, what do you think of it as a story of a scrappy guy trying to? create something and stop his ideas being stolen was it fun was it fun enough well that's actually a very interesting question uh it is uh however it you're, you're bound by the rules of a musical so jimmy and joan and all the supporting cast they're all bound by the rules of a musical so they're looking into each other's eyes a lot they're smiling a lot they're firing off snappy lines of dialogue because they're trying to hit a beat and if you just, it's a bit like um, His Girl Friday, a little bit in that way. The dialogue was too quick for a proper uh, discourse between two people. So you slow it down. And if you have Jimmy talking to the bigwigs of the Hollywood studio, oh, sorry, the um, uh, Broadway uh, theatres and everything like this, you, you have them talking in a nice, sensible, calm way. Then you have a good, I don't know, romantic drama, I suppose. But because they're just firing like that, lines back at each other, you're instantly into musical territory. And so you can't separate the two um, because they didn't, because it's a musical. So that's fine. That's fine. It works for it works for the genre. Um, but, but the story itself, no, it's great. I mean, Jimmy gets... He, I was about to say he gets an idea. He doesn't get an idea. He gets given an idea of what to do. And he takes it and he runs with it. Fair play to him. I mean, here, look... His insistence on this being about cats is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't agree with you. Come on. What, um, I'm, I, That's I think weird. This, uh, this kind of, you know, this this stands apart, I think, from tr your more traditional musical, in that characters don't try and advance the story by singing to each other. No, I agree. Every single song in the film or piece of music in the film is a part of a show that they are either rehearsing or performing. Yeah. Um, so um, there's there's no there's no incident where you know 
where where a character will drag another one off to a room like they do in an Astaire Rogers film or Singing in the Rain and sing how they're feeling to someone else. You know, everything is is a performance or rehearsal, basically. Do you see a number being rehearsed? So in that way, um, uh, this is why I suggested this film because I didn't think um, you don't particularly need to... I mean, there's no, there's no like fourth wall breaking, you know, where they suddenly start singing to each other, and you, there's, there's no reason for you to go. Why is he singing this to this person instead of just telling it to her? Oh, thank God. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm going to get onto the three final musical numbers with you in a minute. Okay. But um, I think as just a knockabout '30s comedy about you know a roughneck who's trying to put on some shows he's got joan blondell as his girl friday kind of character you know there's a bit of a subplot about you know you know um what's her name claire dodd claire dodd's sort of vamp Mm -hmm. character who's trying to steal jimmy from her you know that's that's all fantastic Mm -hmm. the pre-code elements are on point i mean you know Joan Blondell calls Claire Dodd a, a prostitute at one point and kicks her up the bum, throws her out of an apartment. Outside, Countess. As long as they have sidewalks, you've got a job. Also, uh, 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 stopping her words when she's about to call her a bitch as well. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, it's really wickedly funny. Mm. Um, the characters are great. Guy Kibbe, you've got all the Warner stock players who make make a film so memorable and special. You've got Frank McHugh. You've got. Mm-hmm. Ruth Donnelly, Hugh Herbert. Yeah. Uh, it's just packed full of familiar faces and it's sure. just a ton of fun. And it then is. all of a sudden, you know, it comes down to this sort of climax part. Mm. I'll have to go into it now. I was making it. I'm sorry. No, no, please but do. Basically, basically um, Chester Kent, James Cagney's character, has to sell his prologues to a wealthy investor. And it all hinges on the fact that he has to take this investor to three separate theatres and show him three different musical numbers and they're all um, staged by Busby Berkeley who <laughs> is just one of the most incredibly imaginative directors of all time and I mean my god by a waterfall did you not watch that and think how on earth are these people <laughs> that are moving on the screen I mean the, there are moments in this film that just defy logic. Yeah, I'll, I, I, look, I, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. I mean, look, there, there's dozens of these women, these synchronized swimmers in a pool, and they turn from a flower and then they go into a snake and then they do all it. And it, mate, I was blown away. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I mean, for those of you who haven't seen it, so basically, the first number that Chester shows this investor is um, Honeymoon Hotel. Which is all fine. I mean, it's sort of like you know, no, it's no. like a ten-minute kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's not my favourite one either. I, I, right, mate, right, right. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Right, first negative. This song can do one. It can, it can absolutely do one. I hated this with a passion. Right, it's so similar to um, "Run to the Hills" by I Made. <laughs> <laughs> so, gonna, You're just gonna stick with that one. Just aren't the you? same beat. That's the only one I know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, mate. No, mate. No. Oh God, this song. I just it. Oh, oh it's excruciating. Don't you dare to lie to me. I caught you. But darling, getting friendly with that blonde gazelle. Please don't make me sorry that I brought you to the honeymoon hotel. 
In the morning, I'll see my attorney. I will have my little tale to tell. And for this, I took you on this journey to the Honeymoon Hotel. Who was that blonde woman making eyes at you? I don't know that woman. I cross my heart, it's true. If I hurt your feelings, I regret it. Won't you please forgive your little Nell? Uh, let's put out the lights and just forget it. Right, see, ah, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. This is what a forced musical number feels like. This is forcing you to be happy. It's upbeat, it's got a point, it's it's trying to lift your spirits. And I was just sat there with my head in my hands going, I please let it stop. And it went for ten minutes. No, no. I mean, don't get me wrong, the choreography was great, casting's great, dancing's wonderful, singing's fantastic. It's just a terrible, terrible song. And I w wished it was gonna be over sooner than it was. I'm sorry. It just I'm sorry, it broke it broke me. It broke me. I mean I I mean I can't I can't quite stick up for it. Good. Because I'm not... I mean, it's, it's pleasant enough to, for me to watch mm. and, you know, it's kind of inventive mm. in certain ways. But I didn't watch it and go, oh, I wasn't bowled over. Good. Now, for me, the the standout and probably one of the most memorable sequences in any film ever is the second of the, the three, which is by a waterfall. It's so memorable, in fact, that... It's wonderful. It's been um, recreated in... You know, theme parks and everything. It's it's just it's incredible. Oh, yeah. It's like it's. He, he, this is what I love about this film. He he takes him into a mm. theater and all of a sudden it sort of zooms in on this. It can only be described as lake. Yeah. That's being recreated on a theater. I mean, as if they're gonna you know some some old shitty movie house in <laughs> the Bronx. You know, it's gonna. Oh, by the way, we need a lake here. Yeah. And and five thousand women and some moss and trees and waterfalls and everything. You know, that's what I love about this one. It's so wacky and out there. I hope I hope that water was heated. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. They have this. First of all, they have this love scene on the thing, and they're sort of yeah. by a waterfall. I'm thinking you, <laughs> and they have this thing, and wow. all of a sudden it cuts to these like water nymphs and they're synchronized swimmers. And you were in key. It's incredible. I mean, I mean, my god, it is. It's they, they come out of the water. They go in the water. The camera follows them under the water. They suddenly it yeah. zooms out. Um, someone I used to know um, described this sequence as these. It, when I watched it with this person, they said these people are witches because that's how it seems. It's like it's like you can't quite get your head around. I mean, I mean for those of you who haven't seen it, it the camera is yeah. way above the water and it's looking down on the water. Mm -hmm. And these swimmers come out and they form flowers and they come out. And like Smokey says, they go into snake shapes and, mm. and they do this sort of yeah. figure eights that sort of weave in and out of each other. And, Amazing. And suddenly they they sort of like they disappear then just their legs come up and it's like you're watching it and you're going, you're going I can't what and and after yeah. a few minutes it they don't seem like people anymore they seem like oh no they seem like they're it's an optical illusion it's like watching a kaleidoscope and and you watch yeah. it and you go whoa 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 and you get more and more it, trippy and all of a sudden they sort of it zooms back in and you realize they're people again and you go what i mean it's just like it's really strange isn't it it's incredible there, there's there's actually one particular shot when they are literally uh, sorry as you mentioned the camera is above them mm. And they're doing their stuff. and But then it switches to a second shot 
to show them from the the, the horizontal from the side, yeah. and you suddenly see the swimmers' faces, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they are people." They're people, yeah. That's <laughs> it. It takes you by surprise. I mean, God, yeah. can you imagine um, the rehearsal time? On this thing? I, I, I mean, God. Oh my God. Dear me. Um, we should point out though. Oh, well, actually, no. I should ask you a question. Um, there's something about this whole uh, routine that Leary is a little <laughs> is a little sexual in nature. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's it's impossible to get past the fact that I think they went. I'm sorry, we only want thin, young, pretty young things in this number. I mean, yeah. the camera zooms mm-hmm. in and out of their legs and across their chests and everything. Yes, I mean, uh, uh, but 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 not just that though, mate. Is there one point that I mean it's very brief, but the swimmers form the shape of a private part, and so okay, fair enough. And then later, the the ladies are all stood in a circle, uh, going round, you know, clockwise, uh, with the the squirting between their legs, and it's <laughs> it's unavoidable. It's just there. This uh, this um simile is dipping through your fingers anyway I would say I, I would say <laughs> bloody hell listen um, I would say um, that element of it has never stood out as the most important to me I've never watched this thing and sort of felt like someone was trying to turn me on I, I get what you're saying it's certainly pre-code I don't think they would have you know a year later it wouldn't have been this I think they would have been slightly more covered up, should we say. And I think there would have been less, oh, can we not go yes. between their legs and can we not go across their breasts kind of thing. But I have to yes. say, when you're watching it... The, 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 the one shot from below, mm. do you know when all their crotches are, yeah, are in a line? I mean, now you're saying it, I do get it. But uh, it's important to know that, although it sounds like it's some kind of like uh, porn show, the way we're Por- explaining porn show it. fever. Dream. I would say you won't when you watch this thing. You don't go away thinking, "Wow, that you know, I'm so titillated." It's not. It's not no, like that. It's no, not. I don't no. think they've gone exploitative. I just think it's the fact that they put these girls in the tiniest costumes and made yeah. them do these things. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're not watching these shapes, it goes under the water with them. And occasionally, mm-hmm. I mean, you see a buttock and you, you know, you see a side yeah. boob and that kind of thing. But um, I would say it's it's not like it's not. I don't say it's like a row it's not like a rouse and no it's like not no, no 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 it's it's not um it's not like that kind of titillating no. stuff it's it's no, more it's, it's more not. the fact it's just the fact that they're wearing like very small costumes mm-hmm. and then suddenly mm-hmm. they turn a certain way and you go oh no it's for boobs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean that the whole the the technical wizardry of that it's number is just I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a standout Yes, stand out of the whole film, I would say. Yes, yes, I, I I can't disagree. And as I mentioned before, that that the whole cast is wonderful. Okay, granted, some of them overact their <laughs> asses off, but yeah, you know, I didn't dislike the film. Um, I, I in fact, I I haven't really disliked any of the films we've done, apart from the two we don't talk about anymore. But <laughs> the jaw trait of Penny. It's 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 well. But it's but it's beautiful to look at and it's wonderful to listen to. I I actually watched it uh, wearing headphones mm. and uh, you know I I I didn't mute once. I did not press the mute button once. Good. Well, let me ask you a question because um please the the reason we landed on this film was because you asked me for a James Cagney film, right? Uh, no, Nick did. Well, Nick asked me for a James Cagney film, so I yeah. thought it'd be a good idea to pick Footlight Parade. 
because mm-hmm. it's kind of one of the ones that people don't necessarily reach for when they want a Cagney. They, you know, they pick White Heat or sure. Angels with Dirty Faces or Roaring Twenties or something. Public Enemy. Of course. But I thought to myself, well, you know, it's a good chance to get Footlight Parade in. With that said, the last number, the last of the three, uh, features a moment in which uh, the main singer has to be called off stage. So it's called upon for Chester to step in, Jimmy Cagney himself, to take part in the last number, which I have to say isn't the most impressive, I would say, musical number. It's, it's fine. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I can remember that. It's yeah. fine. But what did you think of Cagney rolling up his sleeves and getting stuck in for the last number, which is Shanghai Lil? What do you think? The thing I love about Jimmy Cagney, um, and I'll be this is not blowing smoke up your ass, is that is that knowing where he started from and knowing what he was, you know, he was a scrapper, he was a fighter, and he fought for everything. Um, he was very uh devoted and faithful to one woman his entire life. Um and you know he he get he gains an incredible amount of respect from me from me. Um, he was just yeah what what a man what a man absolutely fantastic. Why aren't there more men like him now? You know why aren't we like him? But we we're not. Um, what do I think of Jimmy Cagney? I th- I think he's wonderful. How how can you not think Jimmy Cagney's wonderful? Um, I personally didn't like the way his eyebrows were in this film. I think they just like coated them in black paint, which was really weird. Um, That's a lovely criticism. Well, it was weird. If you don't notice, it was really, really strange. Um, but the the man can sing, the man can dance. I mean, f*** me, can he dance? He really can. He really goes for it, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Just... Oh, oh that's it. He doesn't hold back. Um, I, I had a little bit, bit of a problem with if he's if he's that much of an impresario, is he really going to be that much of a great dancer? But that's just a, a little niggle. But no, he's spectacular, mate. He's absolutely wonderful. And I, I have got no problems with Jim. Uh, as I said before, I've got no problems with any of the cast. Oh, no, the, the casting, the, the dance choreographer, he was a knobhead. But I, I don't have a problem with any of the cast. But no, it's a beautiful film. It's stunningly done. It just has two major flaws. Which is the acting is over embellished when it needn't be, and then there's just a couple of duff numbers that shouldn't be there, and you cut a little bit of time off. That's all. I I I I enjoyed this film, but I will revisit it, but for, not for a while. I, I, I me, me, musicals out for me, mate. No, I think I think the best way of of viewing this film is not so much as a musical, but more as a review. It's more like a review, you know? It's like, we have these six songs. How can we put them into a film? So someone says, we'll write a framing device. Uh, you know, it can be about, you know, a guy trying to put songs on. And All right, we'll have okay. Like last week. I see where you're coming from. So, I mean, I mean, don't don't view this film as a musical so much as more of a... I, it's, it's almost like a... It sounds cheesy to say it, but a parade... Mm. You know, as it's in the title, it's like a you know musical review, a parade kind of thing. We'll get these songs in there somehow, and you can't deny the invention. I mean, the bloody, I mean, and to see these things staged by Busby Berkeley at the end is just—it's one of those things that you just go, "Whoa!" I mean, that's what people could achieve. No special effects. All you have was a camera going in and out, and people's talent. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, as for the as for the the framing device, the the characters are wildly overplayed like you say 
but again, it's almost like they're cartoon characters. It's not like it's not like anyone's trying to convince you they're in love or not in love or or that they're devious or not devious. I do. I. I it's my favorite musical in that I watch it and just I marvel at the way it's made. It's got Cagney at the at the forefront, and I love the fact that he you know he gets a chance to kick off his. I throw throw his guns to one side for one minute and and jump oh, on yeah. stage and and uh, do a number. It's got Blondell. It's got Thank oh. you. It's got all the Warner players I love seeing, and it's had a ton of money thrown at it. And, and oh, someone just like, you know just... what? Just just make the make the best film you possibly can. Don't worry about budgets and that. I love the fact that they just was it uh, was it ball. successful? It was a huge huge success. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> so just a couple of things. I don't really know much about Bus- Busby Berkeley. I mean, obviously he was a choreographer and director, but I mean, was it was mm-hmm. he a taskmaster? Or was he a nice bloke, or was he an? Do you know what? I don't actually know. All I ever know, all I know about him is is the work. And any time I see his name on a film, whether it's this or Dames or whatever else he did, mainly with Warner Brothers. Mm. I always think, well, at least there's going to be five or six minutes of this film where I'm going to go, whoa. Fair you know, he was all about creating kaleidoscopes on film using human beings. And um, yeah, I'm just really pleased he got to do it with, with Cagney. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Cagney was making these scrappy, horrible you know, gangster films, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's thrust into these, like, like I say, kaleidoscopes. So Busby Berkeley for me is always, it's, it's not, he's not so much, um, he's not so much someone that uh i know very much about in terms of story or character or anything but if i see his name on a film i'll just be oh that'd be nice. interesting oh that'd be interesting okay yeah. uh two um jimmy cagney and joan blondell were, were they mates off screen or because their chemistry was wonderful cagney met blondell way before they became film stars and they were very very good friends for throughout their entire lives they met you know very very young um Blondell was f- famous on the stage and she met Jimmy when he was a choreographer and director for, for on Broadway. So they, they'd known each other for years and years and years. Came up in the first film together was, um, I'm going to say Penny Arcade, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's wrong now. Sorry, I haven't got, <laughs> I haven't got all my yeah, mental faculties. Right. I put my, you on the spot. It's my, my disposal. Fault. But um, um, yeah, they were great friends all the, all the way through life and adored each other all the way through life. They were like the brother and sister they never even, you know, knew they were missing kind of thing and and remained the best of friends all the way through life. I mean, Cagney's AFI tribute in the 80s, the first person he thanked was Joan Blondell. And he's like, you know, my old friend, Johnny Blondell, you know, first thing he said. So they were the best of friends. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I do. That's that that scene where she buries his head, uh, her head in his chest, because she's she's kind of close to him, and that it was just that was kind of heartbreaking because he kind of dismisses it. He doesn't realize what she wants, and it was just all like, oh. They um they appear together so many times on film. Um, I mm. mean, the, the Public Enemy, they're in that together, and people forget that they're sure. in that together. Yeah. Um, blonde crazy. I mean, you know, there's tons of films they're in together. Oh, I love that movie. Um, and there's something about when you see them, even when they play a couple on film, you can tell they're not really a couple. 
Like, Blonde Crazy, they're supposed to be madly in love, but you never ever get the feeling that they're lusting for each other. It's more like, you know, they're just, they're so comfortable with each other and they just snap against each other all the time. And Like uh, Nick and Nora. Yeah, so. exactly. It's like, you know, yeah. you don't get the feeling that Nick and Nora ever, like, you know, look at each other and they smolder for each other. You just get the feeling that yeah. they fit, you know? It's yeah. just more like yeah. a tessellation than it is about it's lovely, you know, isn't it? a smoldering thing. So, and it's the same yeah. with Cagney and Blondell. They're just... They, they fit perfectly together on the film. That's wonderful. Um, and they're a true gift. True gift. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So we both agreed that our uh, uh, gush of the week is, is Joan, of course. It has to be. Oh, it has it to be. It has to yeah. be. Although Claire, Claire Dodd is, is extraordinarily She's lovely. Sexy. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> Joan Blondell is... She's she's one of the she's one of the ones she's definitely she's a <laughs> gush of the millennium yes yeah. <laughs> that millennium not this one but yeah yeah uh, fair enough I mean it it, it, it look I mean I it, obviously it's not for me um, but I did enjoy it I did it's it's a great film and I wouldn't hesitate to uh, recommend it to anyone however my rating may seem a little low because obviously. It's not for me, so unfortunately, I'm going to have to knock it down a few points. But uh, I, I have to ask you, uh, what would your rating be for Footlight Parade? Well, this is a ten for me. I'm, I, I can watch it anytime. Mm. I find it completely fun all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a perfect film for me. It's a ten. It's a ten. Okay, I'm going to have to give it a seven. I'm afraid. So. Okay. Well, I mean, seven's respectable. Seven is very respectable. Um, I did enjoy it. I did, but it's it's. Too many forced moments and uh, and a couple of the songs are just no. It's just not for me. If you don't click with this kind of filmmaking or this kind of genre, then it's not. It's not. Um, it's not a failing. Mm-mm. You know, it's like it's like it's like trying to get me to watch a kids' film. <laughs> it might be very well made and it might be very well cast, but at the end of the day. I don't want to watch a kid's film. But at the end of it all, if you can turn around, this is for any film viewer out there. If you can turn around at the end of it and say, right, it's not for me, but it has X, Y, and Z. It was well made. It has a great cast. It's got a great soundtrack. It's it's It, it looks good. You know? You can't go onto IMDb and write a review going, oh, this was terrible. I'm giving it a one because it didn't have a car chase. It didn't have a death. It, you know, whatever. You know, you can't do that when you're a film fan or a film reviewer, whichever you want to be. You know, you've got to be fair, okay? But you can point out things, problems, and you can point out what's good in any way, uh, the good against the bad. And this, ha- this Full Light Parade, has more good than bad. It has way more good than bad. You know, it's a spectacular film, but it's just not mm-hmm. my cup of tea. It's completely there fine. we go. There we go. Maybe on another town, another yeah. train. Yeah. yeah. What would uh, what would be your number two musical then? Um, well, I'm a big singing in the rain fan. I, I, that's one of the, that's another film that uh-huh. I enjoy a lot. It doesn't matter when it's on or when it's. You know. I think I rated that a five. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, extraordinary. Uh, 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 our mate Chris is going to hate me because I gave that a 5 out of 10 because it just bugged the crap out of me. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's if, beautiful. It, again, it's beautiful. It's so well made and so well acted and so, so well choreographed, but it bugged the crap out of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want to know my favourite musical? Tommy? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, okay. Fine. I love that film so, so much. 
Rick Moranis is just a god. Steve Martin's the best thing in that film. Uh, he's the second best film after Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then uh, John Candy pops up and Jim Belushi. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, yeah, it's a good fun film. Yeah. So I, I, I take your point about musicals. There is something about them. Mm. You really have to be in the mood. Yes. Um, and if you if you find that you can't get yourself in the mood, then perhaps musicals aren't for you. Mm. Which is why Footlight Parade is not, I would say, you know, you don't go in there expecting that you're going to be sung to all the way through. It's just a Warner no, film. No. It's no, a no. Warner comedy sort of, you know, it's a Warner comedy set in the backstage of a theatre with some musical numbers chucked in. Yes. So in that way, it's it's not as um, it's not as it's not like a baptism of fire when no. it comes to musicals. Actually, that's a very good way of looking at it. If I if I'm you know I, I the conduit for people who are looking for a way into uh, uh, golden age cinema, golden age musicals, whatever you want. I I am a metal fan. And I don't watch musicals, but I watch Footlight Parade, and I didn't hate it. So, if you are one of those people, at- a seven out of ten. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a good score. I think so. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like belabor the point because I don't want you to reduce it. Or no, I'm not going like to. But um, to to say that you know seventy percent of you like that film is completely good with me. I'm not I'm not gonna you know try and argue you up or anything i think that's completely acceptable um i would you know if you're interested in any kind of visual splendor footlight parade has tons to offer it especially really the bio for moment oh which god the number which is 10 minutes of ab- absolute mind-boggling um visuals that you just can't believe are done without any kind of special effects i mean those are all people Mm-hmm. I remember watching it the first time. Actually, I was I was making a roast dinner. I was in the kitchen. I said this on the podcast when I reviewed it. But um, and my kids walked in, and they all walked in one by one. And I was watching it, and sort of mouth hung open, like watching this thing. So I was going, oh, "Is this real?" And I turned around, and I couldn't believe what happened. Was all of my family at one point had walked in, just glanced over, and just gone. Huh? <laughs> watched it, and they were all like, it was like a portmanteau behind me. They were all like, all their faces were like, oh, like that's sweet. Places just all mouths hung open watching it, and they were like, "What is this?" And like, it's called Footlight Parade. I've never seen it before, but it's um, isn't it incredible? <laughs> they all just went, "Whoa!" <laughs> Did you put it yeah, on the big right. screen then? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember we showed it at the first film festival mm. uh, back in the early days of twenty twenty. And um, everyone sort of like went, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to rush off and do other stuff and have cups of tea and make dinner and stuff. But we'll be back for the Bio Award for number, which I think is a very good way of describing um, the Dear appeal of that film. I, I, remember, I remember that day. Uh, I ducked out at Yankee Doodle Dandy, I think. I think that's when I ran away. I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I have stuff to do. <laughs> I've got dishes to clean <laughs> and maiden to listen to. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's when I ran away. away. I know. Um, <laughs> right before we leave, um, I mm-hmm. should let you know what's happening on the next episode. Um, okay. So bearing in mind that uh, Footlight Parade is episode thirteen. Yeah. The next episode is episode fourteen, which you are going to pick in just a moment, and then episode fifteen. It's my choice. Oh, I can't! I can't <laughs> wait for episode fifteen. <clears throat> it's gonna be so what? much fun. Really? What yes. I'm, I'm you are. Can you give me? Can you give me the decade of the film that you're gonna pick? 
at least just the decade. Uh, I, do you know what? I, I'm going to have to look it up uh, while we're on the, while we're talking because I actually don't know the day. I think it's the thirties. I think. Uh, hang on. Uh, hang on. Sorry, uh, my typing is terrible. Uh, there we go. Oh no, it's not. It's the forties. Sorry. My 40s, fault. Okay. Yeah, so it's a forties movie. So, is it, so it is Golden Age. Then. It is Golden. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. No, no. I'm not. I'm not going to pick Terminator Two. No, no. The, we we are sticking with all the best lines. We are we are doing a forties movie for episode fifteen. Okay. But it, but it's my choice uh, because I just I I think it it's a film that it deserves uh, you and I to talk about. Um, and don't worry. I, I don't know if it's a forties movie, but don't worry. It's not Child Bride. Okay. That's 38. Is that 30? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> sorry, Joey. But burned into my brain. <laughs> I've never seen it and I don't want to. Okay. So, so for the next episode, my friend, uh, it, mm. it is obviously uh, your choice again. Now, um, Nick uh, kind of sparked something in my head, and but we've been going for genres really up until now, apart from uh, when uh, one of the other listeners—I uh, can't remember his name—I do apologise—suggested Sherlock Holmes. That's fine, uh, which was wonderful. Um, but Nick, you know, I, I like this kind of thing of going for actors and actresses. I like this, so I think we're going to stick this. Um, and so, because we've been talking about her so much, and because we love her so much. Oh. Give me your favourite Joan Blondell movie and we'll review that on the next one, my friend. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm not going to go for my favourite Joan Blondell because I think... I don't, I don't want to pick something incidental that will make you go, oh, good if it, she's very good in it, but the film itself was a bit... Uh. And for me, Joan Blondell, all of her, like, you know, snappy dynamite stuff is early 30s. But I'm going to go with a film that I think you've seen... But I think it's definitely a film that I would like to talk to you more about at length. So I'm going to go for 1947's Nightmare Alley. I remember, I remember Nightmare Alley. This is a a pitch black horror noir classic. Yes, uh, I do remember Nightmare Alley because it was one of those films that you had at uh, your film festival, mm. and I started, but I had to go to work, so I never finished. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Yep. Okay. Um, okay, Nightmare Alley. I, I like the sound of that. Some Joan Blondell horror. Bring it on. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, Nightmare Alley. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really wanted to finish it and uh, and check out what was going on. And I, I was looking at my list, actually, and I, I've seen about um, half a dozen Joan Blondell films, and she is just mm. one of the loves yeah, of my fantastic. life. She really is. <laughs> She is, isn't she? So there we go. Winner takes it all. Exactly. Oh, dear God. So if you wish to be cool and like uh, Stacey from, uh, where was it? Uranus, wasn't it? Uh, Was Stacey was from. And uh, and Nick. uh, uh, And want to email us? You can do. uh, All the best lines at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, join us for the next episode. But my friends, you are signing us out this time. All the best. Lines. Was uh, was Nigel Havers there? Nigel Havers drinks in my pub. It's very he cool. Does. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's awesome. Such a nice man. Love that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's he's a lovely guy.